asshole. You're kidding. Just one shot? They're not all zombies, Doug. How do you fight this thing? Maybe we could drown it in A1 sauce. Well, sometimes that is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. His dad's on to get down with. About six feet under. Get dead. Ooh, I love this song. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome to the Rotten Views Podcast. On tonight's episode, we are discussing a movie from 1999 uh, on 2 TV called Night Killer. Um, it's a horror mystery thriller, if you want to call it that. Uh, a serial killer with a rubber-like Freddy Krueger mask terrifies the city of Virginia Beach. Uh, he's not very terrifying. The series kind of just being a creep and going after a bunch of girls that all look alike. Um, gonna gonna put this right out there. I, I didn't really care for this movie too much. Um, um, didn't really make that much sense to me. Um, it's got 4.1 out of 10 though on IMDb, so I, that that's kind of good, I guess. Uh, I'm not really sure what people are thinking when watching this, but uh, we'll get right into the movie. Virginia Beach Police Department, Officer Gabrielle here. I just got a phone call from a guy spying on me. Was it an obscene phone call? Yes. Did he threaten you? Yes. <laughs> Poor woman will never be the same again. She doesn't remember anybody or anything. All of the victims were raped before they were tortured, mutilated, and killed by the masked maniac. movie opens up kind of weird. I thought maybe I was missing some spots, but I looked into it and it seems to be uh, all correct. Uh, movie starts out with some girls doing like this aerobics on stage getting ready for this performance act. And um, oh wait, there's actually two guys in there as well. They look like all girls, but apparently on when zooming in a little bit, um, the quality is, is, is pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I couldn't tell there were guys in the front at first. I really thought they were all girls. And then we have uh, Miss Ross coming into uh, the dance studio. And apparently it's her third time showing up late because uh, she gets spoken to by the uh, coordinator. Uh, she goes to get changed and we see the shadow of someone in a doorway as the music starts to change as well. Um, she gets upstairs and she has a f- this feeling that she's being followed by someone because she keeps checking behind her. Uh, we then see her getting undressed and we have boobs. Five minutes in the movie. Oh, we got some boobs. We're going to see a lot of boobs in this movie. It's uh, uh, it's, a, it's not a feel-good movie. It's, a, it's a, um, on the verge of rape a lot of scenes and uh, not cool with that. Not cool with that at all. Uh, but we have this weird hand claw coming in and i don't know if it's supposed to be like a mass prosthetic or like a costume or not um because that's kind of the quality that looks uh it's kind of weird because uh she then goes to open the door and the killer stabs her through the stomach with this claw hand because he's only got one of them um so i didn't know if it was like a real monster because literally this hand goes through the person's chest and now 
the other side uh which i don't think a normal human can do that but then again i don't know maybe maybe we can all do that if we just have the inner strength in ourselves uh and the inner confidence i guess uh but honestly looking at the costume i honestly thought maybe it was another guy from the act who were just trying to pull a prank on her but apparently not that's our killer for the movie then the dance instructor stops the practice because it's going really badly she's not looking at all she's break she's like stressing out about it so she decides to break out her packs of smoke to have a smoke and go see where uh, miss ross is because she hasn't come back yet so she's getting up to the change room and that's when we see the killer uh inside the change room still and she's kind of like groping up, or he's groping up the dead body and that's when he takes his long uh, fingernails and slashes the instructor's throat open or at least that's what kind of looks like he did uh, this I, I put in my notes that this killer's mask looks like a bag toxic toxic adventure mask his his mouth doesn't move at all it's all one like Halloween mask and they're cool with that apparently well, she tries to escape but the killer keeps cutting her off and she makes it to the upstairs balcony area of the the performance area that they're in yeah she's trying to yell for help but no one hears her mumbles because apparently her throat's actually slashed but this scene we actually don't see any blood coming from her throat we don't see any blood at all actually to be honest with you we just see her holding her throat a lot uh, she makes it to the end of the balcony and that's when the killer puts his hand through the through her like stomach or maybe her back and then she comes crashing out the balcony uh, then we cut to this little girl's room as as her mother is brushing her hair uh, we see the title font pop up and it actually looks pretty cool it actually looks like a pretty cool title design i find out the little girl's name is i think clarissa or something along those lines it doesn't really matter uh, none of the characters names actually really matter in this we're just gonna go with that uh but there's a neighbor who's popping by to drop off a christmas present because then again i wouldn't know this movie is set in christmas either because uh there's the odd winter jacket on but there's no snow or nothing and then we cut to her walking with what i thought might be her dad but it's actually just the neighbor and and he's meeting up with who I didn't know at the time was actually his his girlfriend or wife and she's then taking her away it gets kind of confusing uh, I'm like wait why why is he meeting up with her like what's going on here I have no idea what's going on at all then we gl- get a glimpse of this uh, TV as it's talking about this hooded psychopath who's uh, I think gone on to kill four people so far I don't know why they're saying people because he only kills girls so they should just you know give the gender out uh, then the mom gets a phone call from someone in the bar who's dressed all in black she tells him the daughter is gone and hangs up and he gets all pissed off and breaks the glass that he has in his hand clearly we can tell that it's actually the daughter's father that she was talking to at this moment uh then we cut to the mom who's uh taking down the front taking down her top and she's starting to like feel her tits up in front of the mirror i don't know why it makes no sense whatsoever there's a lot of boob in this movie so if you're into boobs you know who's not but uh that's the only good part about this movie really in my opinion uh, i'm trying to grasp for anything that's decent in this movie and nothing really is the acting is definitely not good in this movie at all uh then she gets a phone call from stranger who's talking to her and a direct quote that he says to her um because it's actually the killer calling her uh, i'm gonna fuck your brains out and then kill you um the direct quote because uh, that's how the dialogue is in this movie uh she's, she she uh, looks outside and sees a guy leaving the payphone across the street and then just have a shot of her face looking all confused and dumbfounded it because uh why not she then makes a call to the police station where we get some grade a acting uh clearly uh they have no idea what's going on because it's just stupid it's just stupid talking back and forth and um she's making a big deal about how she has two phone lines and they gotta give she's gotta give both numbers for the phone lines and the officer pretty much just says well lock up your house and i'll call you back in five minutes that's all he has to say, say to her we then uh, have a shot of her keys on a table as she's having a smoke and then we see the long fingernails from earlier 
scoop in and pick up the keys and then we hear the phone ringing uh, she answers the phone and the person pretends to be the cop and she's like well you said you're gonna call back in five minutes and that's when she, we then find out the killer is inside the house of course using her second phone line to call her and he, he kind of like teases her because both phones are within like five feet of each other where they have really long cords one of the two uh he's got the keys on that and he's like you want the keys to get out come get them uh, because apparently once you lock the door once you lock them from the inside you need the key you know yeah it's weird having the locks on the inside doesn't make sense but whatever we'll go with it i guess back in that time it might have been a more common thing to have and then the phone rings again as the cops calling back but the killer picks up and pretends to be her husband and tells the cops yeah it's okay i calmed her down you don't have to worry about it she's fine now and then the cops are like okay cool and hang up literally this lady is calling you saying that she felt like someone was stalking her and yet someone comes on the phone pretending to be your husband and you're just like okay that's cool we'll believe you then because that makes perfect sense as she then locks herself in a room and gets a handgun out and loads it and she takes one shot at the door and then the banging at the door stops because he was on the other side banging on the door to let her in or let him in i should say uh then it comes out from this other part of the room because apparently this room has two doorways and she only thought to lock the one door and not the other door because that makes sense uh then he pins her up against the wall and asks if she's ready to play and he have a scream a very very loud scream that hurt my ears uh, we then cut to two guys walking down a long hallway one's a detective on the case and the other is the main doctor um they're talking about how she's the only one who's ever survived the killer and the detective also has the killer's mask in his hand um so apparently this is where we find out it's actually a costume because at first we didn't really know i didn't know if it was some bad effects or not you never know anything's possible which still brings me the question like how's he got enough power to put his claw hand through someone's body i don't understand but we'll just go with it and then we have the doctor meeting up with um beck beck is the girl who survived who was we just saw um meeting up with her daughter uh, because apparently the mom was so badly attacked that she doesn't remember anything. She doesn't remember where she lives. She doesn't remember having family. Doesn't remember having you know daughter being broken up from her husband. Nothing. She doesn't remember a damn thing because uh, she's got some kind of head trauma. Uh, she goes into her own daughter's like asking her mom when she's going to come home. The mom's just like, oh, I'll come home soon. Not acting like someone who doesn't know who she's talking to at all. She kind of acts like she knows who this. And then after the kid leaves, um, she's like, oh, that's a really nice kid. And then she's like, I'm, I'm. Still tired i'm going back to sleep because uh, you know we got some good story building here very good story building um find out it's actually been 24 hours since she was attacked and the man who saved her is actually the friend who dropped off the present earlier on which uh we're just going to do spoilers here um he's actually the killer and if you uh you know in case you didn't want to watch the end of the podcast or listen to the end of the podcast yeah he's the killer and it makes no goddamn sense whatsoever but uh we'll go with it but yeah he's got this scratch on his face because he's like, ah, oh, the killer scratched me when I was saving her life. Uh, this scratch looks really bad. It looks like it's one of those dollar store prosthetic kits that you just put on your face and slap it on and you're good to go. That's all it looks like. It doesn't look like it's been put on by a special effects team at all. Uh, he's also being questioned by a reporter because um, he claims that he never saw the killer's face. And then later on, he's going to say, yeah, I'm the only one who saw the killer's face. So I need to hunt them down. But yeah, like I said, that scratch. And then we see this uh, creep in a Jeep who's trying to get it on 
on with Beck because now Beck is out from the hospital and she's driving this white, uh, I think it's the Firebird. Um, but yeah, Beck speeds off down this other way and then the Jeep also follows, well, puts on his brake and then reverses and follows to the building where she went into. Uh, he goes into the ladies' room inside this building and he's checking the stalls for her. Uh, she's, she's not in those stalls though, but then she pulls out a gun on him and she asks him to undress in the ladies' room and tells him to flush, down his, flush his clothes down the toilet. So he's like, alright. And then she leaves the washroom and then we see him uh, falling behind her and he walks by the security guard and he's like what happened to your clothes and he's like i got diddled in the little boy's room I'm like okay that's uh great writing there guys let's let's keep it going but anyway she's on the beach now got a bunch of pills and a flask and she's trying to kill herself uh but somehow in this little town apparently virginia beach uh he's able to find where her car is parked and find the beach so he uh parks his car parks his jeep beside her car runs out to the beach kicks her pills all over the place and then he's like oh you're not gonna kill yourself you're gonna drink some some water to uh puke it all up so he takes her out to the ocean and uh he literally looks like he's trying to drown her. It literally looks like he's trying to drown her. And at one point, he pulls her back out of the water. And he's got her mounted from behind. And his hands on her stomach to try and make her puke. But honestly, I got real porno vibes in this movie. And I don't... It was very uncomfortable uh, at point in times Because a lot of stuff just felt like rape. And I was not cool with it. And then we see the man in black from the bar again. Trying to pick up this... What looks to be a showgirl. Or a hooker. One or two. Uh, she's like, I don't go with random strangers my mama always told me better but guess what i hate that bitch so i'm gonna do it anyways okay you're cool um then we see uh, beck waking up in a, a confusion inside this random room inside a hotel you know she's probably confused she's like well maybe this is heaven maybe i did kill myself or maybe this is hell or maybe i just didn't do enough pills she doesn't know what's going on because last time we see her she's uh getting mounted from behind and puking her guts out on a beach you know because that's what you want to do on a whatever day this might be uh we then see this man walking into a workshop where we see the killer's mask and glove on display. And we see a bunch of other random pieces of artwork all over the place. And then the door opens and the, the hooker and the man in black walk into the workshop. Uh, he puts his mask and gloves on right in front of her. And she's like, what are you doing? And then she gets all like turned on. And she, they start talking about Little Red Riding Hood. And then he, she's like, you know, I'm not into this anymore. I want to go home. And that's when he like chokes her and then rams her face into what looks like a vat of glue of some sort. Made for his like making his mask and such. Uh, he he suffocates her and kills her and then uh, we see her dead laying down and he's got one of his masks and gloves on her because apparently he only wears one glove and her boobs are also hanging out and she's covered in glue and he's like filling her up and getting ready to do it with her dead body yeah let's let that sink in there because uh, that's just weird and then uh, we see the jeep man coming back uh back into the room where beck is and he's showing up with some good old-fashioned kfc uh she asks why he didn't let her drown and he says uh, that'd be a waste of such a good thing and he starts filling her up and then he she pulls the gun out on him or no she pulls the gun out on herself and says you know I'll, I'll do it right now and she's like well go ahead if you want to i'm just gonna sit here and eat some kfc if you want to pull the trigger go ahead and then she doesn't do it so then he takes the gun from her and puts it in her mouth and he's, she, he's pretty much like go ahead just like eating a drumstick just bite down on it and i'll pull the trigger for you which is where really weird scene anyways he pulls the trigger but the gun's not loaded shocker uh he then yells at her and says he's going to kill her but only when he says so he then says he he is the master and pulls the switchblade on her which then we get these real vibes that he is the killer but really he's not the killer he then says he's going out to blow off some steam and locks her inside the room which makes him think makes us think that he is the killer more and more so there's a little bit of good writing and it's a sense that we feel like he's the killer but really they're building up building him up for no reason um 
they're building him up to try and get into her psyche because um, they're using them essentially as bait to draw out the real killer. We then see this uh, blonde girl in the lab uh, as the killer shows up and grabs her in front of this fish tank and starts groping her. Uh, she then screams and runs off. Of course, she falls over and then the killer randomly pops up behind her and of course, the hand goes through the back again. We then see the creepy Jeep guy come back and wakes up back because uh, he didn't uh, work off enough steam. So he wakes her up and ties her to the bed. Um, you know, you can just imagine what happens then. Uh, then we see a security guard telling the news that the maniac that killed the girl at the aquarium chopped her up into pieces and fed her to the fishes. Fishies? Fishies? Fishies. Yeah, the you know, aquatic animals. Anyways, then we cut back to Beck, who's still tied up to the bed, and she's uh, cursing at what we think is the killer, the Jeep guy, and he starts slapping around. He's like, stop swearing, that's bad. And it's like, oh, okay, that's a r- weird twist, but we'll go off it anyways. Uh, then the reporters start to question Dr. Willow about uh, Beck and her, her mind, and he's like, yeah, she's unhinged, you know, she got attacked and whatnot, and she was fi- fighting back at first, but then after a while, she just gave up on all life and everything else, and she kind of just, you know, let him do whatever he wanted to to her and that's why her mind is all tormented and tortured now and then we cut to the scene of beck where she's putting on makeup and making herself look all pretty and she opens up this drawer and she sees the gun and the ammo just laying in the drawer as well so she kind of starts to load the gun she fires the gun at the mirror in front of her and where she was doing her makeup and then best the uh, jeep guy was sitting outside drinking some alcohol on the stairs we see the alcohol go tumbling down the stairs and he runs in wondering what the hell she did and then the manager comes on up knocking on the door like two seconds later you know they're on the top you know set of uh rooms he's like hey what's going off the noise better not hear anything else gonna call the cops and then he just puts like five bucks in his glasses and tells them pretty much fuck off uh this movie weird but yeah beck's clearly gone crazy now because she's asking why it took him so long to get there because she did up her, her makeup for him and she wanted to look all pretty for a uh, crazy deep guy he asked her if uh, she remembers anything else and she gives this dumb look to the camera like she has no brain whatsoever then we see the doctor and the cop uh the main detective in charge of the investigation talking back and forth and the detective is blaming the doctor because the doctor went on the news earlier to talk about the case and he's blaming him for the reason why beck has gone missing because beck just left the hospital and now no one can find her so they already believe that the killer has her as a hostage then see the doctor on tv again asking for the killer to call the hotline to turn himself in because you know that always works right uh the motel owner gets a paper toss at his door and we see a sketch of beck on the front page so he calls the police and then the cops show up at the motel but only the main detective gets out and he tells the other cop to just leave he's like yeah go back to the station i'll hand it from here they're like okay cool you know there's a, might be a killer inside this uh, motel or whatever but i'll handle it by myself the owner uh, says he wants a reward though because you know apparently that was in the news article that if you have any information on the killer you'll get a reward so the main detective grabs him by the collar he's like you got about 10 seconds to leave before i rearrange your rat face and he's like okay i'll go anyways the main detective gets to the room but doesn't see anyone inside so he scratches his head with his gun because that's a really smart thing to do that's when the crazy jeep guy and beck come behind him and literally knock him out with one hit in the back of the head then we cut to a scene where we see the friend from earlier talking to his wife saying how he's going out to find the killer because he's the only one that knows what the killer looks like even though before he's saying he doesn't know what the killer looks like it's all starting to fall together now um then we see beck and the jeep man stop at a random payphone to call the police station to talk to dr willow uh beck knows herself on the newspaper on the stand behind so she starts running away and that's when we also see that the main cop or main detective has made it back to the station okay he's not dead because he's all pissed off as well uh, they're trying to track the, f- the phone call but 
um, when Crazy Jeep Guy notices Beck has run away. He drops the phone, and apparently that wasn't enough time, even though he doesn't hang the phone up to track the call. But we'll just go with it. Maybe uh, maybe he hit the, uh, the receiver button, and I didn't notice it but who knows. Uh, Beck is then seen running down the street for her life as she's being chased by the what we thought was the killer, but it's really not. It's just the Jeep guy, which is actually her ex-husband. Is it getting confusing yet? It might be getting a little bit more confusing here in a few minutes. We then have a shot of the friend who just so happens to be driving around on the same streets looking for the killer. Or maybe looking for Beck. I don't know. He's definitely looking for the killer, though, even though he's actually the killer, so I don't know what he's actually looking for. Uh, he catches up to Beck and puts her into his car and drives out as the killer comes around the corner screaming, No! Even though if it, he was the killer, he would know where she lives anyways because he originally attacked her at her own house. So really, you just gotta walk back to your Jeep and follow to the house. Uh, he gets uh, the neighbor gets her, her home, tells her to lock herself in, in and not to let anyone else in until he gets back doing the same thing repeating the beginning of the movie actually uh, then she looks outside and the friend is now completely changed clothing all in black blackjack and everything and he's using the payphone across the street to call her house so this is where we get and seeing the sense we're actually getting all clues that he is actually the killer then she decides to grab the, key, the house keys ahead of time this time and she actually locks the door and leaves the keys inside the door though uh, then the phone rings again but the phone booth is now empty and we can see line two is flashing meaning the killer is inside the house again uh, he then throws the mask at her feet and we see that the killer is actually i think his name is sherman the the main friend from the beginning the entire time we then see uh, the cut on his face and we get a little bit of flashback to what happened there he was trying to get her to kill herself uh she was we see a flashback of her being tied up in the bed and he pulls out a switchblade and instead of stabbing her himself he cuts her free and is like here this is how you stab yourself hold it here and stab yourself but no she slices and dices his face uh, he then uh, he then falls down the stairs and she stumbles down the stairs and that's when he was going back to finish off the job but then there's a bunch of people around so that's when he said oh I saved her blah 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 anyways then she starts coming on to him and getting all weird and at this point she's filling him up and then she literally pulls out the pocket knife that's in the front of his pocket and literally stabs him right in the dick yep uh, it's the first time I've ever seen that happen. Uh, ouchie. But he definitely, definitely deserves it. 100%. And then he gets ready to shoot her because he pulls out his gun again. Um, and then through the window comes Axel, her ex-husband, the guy from the Jeep. And he literally starts laying bullets into him. And then we see Beck and Axel hugging and kissing. And then we find out... Mr. and Mrs. Beck were actually used as guinea pigs to try and catch up catch up to the serial killer. Um, the doctor knew about it, and the main detective knew about it, and Axel himself knew about it, because Axel's actually a former police officer who got kicked off the police force. So there's a lot of building to this story and whatnot, and, but there's no actual structure to my mind in watching this. It was all over the place, and really not enough building at all, but that's just my thoughts. And uh, yeah, Axel knew about it the whole time pretty much uh, his ex-wife was just the sexual bait, because she messed up a lot. Uh, I don't know how comfortable that makes me feel, but uh, well, well, we'll go with it. Then we see everyone in bed together, big happy family, and then the kid leaves to go downstairs to grab the present that that neighbor actually dropped off in the beginning of the movie. She gets upstairs, and it's soon like the slow mo of her jumping on the bed and opening it, and she's all shocked. And we got this like creepy music box music playing, and inside the box is actually one of the masks that the killer had. And she puts it on and looks in the mirror, and she says the same lines that the killer said to her mom. And then the movie ends which is really, really weird, and I don't know why it ends like that, but 
know, it is what it is, I guess. Um, so yeah, out of 10 on this movie, I'm going to give this like a two and a half. Uh, I didn't really care for it too much. The mask isn't too bad. Uh, the fact that it is just a mask is more comforting, I guess. It's more, it's better in that way, in that sense. Um, because I thought maybe it was an actual alien creature because the whole hand going through someone's chest is really weird. Uh, there's a lot of excessive boob touching, groping, and like raped stuff in this. And I just, I'm not into that at all. The last part I'm definitely not into. I don't care to see that in movies at all. Um, but that's just me, I guess. Everyone has their own preferences. Uh, it's not something I'm going to watch anytime again soon. But if you guys want to watch it, it's free on Tubi TV. Um, like I said, it's got 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb. So some people like it, apparently. Uh, I'm just not one of those people. I might draw the character at some point. Just because the mask, it's okay. Um, it's not great by any means. But at least it is just a mask. So it's meant to look bad. So I can give it some credit for that one, at least. Um, but yeah, on the next one, uh, something else I have not watched for our next movie. Uh, it's free on YouTube right now to watch. It's from 19. It's a trauma movie, so I don't have high expectations for it. But hopefully it'll be better than this movie. We're going to watch Nightmare Weekend for the first time. So yeah, if you guys want to check that out, uh, we'll have the link for it just in the description below probably. Um, but yeah, you can just Google search it or YouTube search it and you'll find it there. Uh, free to watch all in one one upload so that'd be good so yeah until next time i'll talk to you guys all later and uh make sure to follow me on all social medias at typhonstein uh twitter instagram facebook and uh, also youtube i'm putting out youtube videos I, I took a break but we're going to be back full force next week so we will have a bunch of new videos coming out a bunch of new art videos also if you want to suggest me a movie just use the uh, hashtag rotten reviews podcast or just at me on social media and i would definitely love to hear your recommendations so until next time i'll talk to you guys all Later. Peace. Looking for me? I came in here by mistake. What's with the gun? Anybody can make a mistake. What do you want from me? I want to be friends. You always try to make friends in the ladies' bathroom? You can't have it. All right, take off your pants. My pants? Uh-huh. And your socks, and your shoes, and now, your career's over. Okay. Okay. Sure. What about these? Throw them in the toilet. What? Do it! In a shirt too, I guess. You got it. Now flush it. Flush it? Flush it! Well, so long, friend. What about my clothes? Just reach in and fish them out. There? Shouldn't be anything new for an asshole like you. You're full of shit yourself. <laughs>